Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a post-Super Bowl 58 minus three presented as ever by Omaha. Yeah, we're on to basketball and hockey and football. Free agency will be here in no time. I'm not going to get too down in the dumps. Obviously, I'm trying to talk myself into something. Yeah, we're heading into the desert. No football for seven months. But like I say, we will have the salve of uh, free agency and draft talk and everything else to hear, heal those wounds. Plus, like we say, pro basketball. The tournament is next month already. The puck will drop in the playoffs even not long after that. So let's not get down in the dumps. In the meantime, let's talk about Super Bowl 58 in just a second. We're going to do with one of our favorite guys in terms of sports history, Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. I want to dig in on not... That one play late in the third quarter and whether or not that team should have run the ball instead of throwing it in that spot. Everybody is doing that right now and having capable conversations around all that stuff. Fascinating in the big spot, how you can pick apart individual plays and how they define entire careers, trajectories of entire franchises and all of that. I like the other side of that, talking about those legacies once they are forged in full or at least well on their way to being forged. And I think that's what Patrick Mahomes and these Chiefs are. Everybody and their mother has told you already. Patrick Mahomes is on the short list of greatest football players, certainly greatest quarterbacks of all time. Chiefs now the latest dynasty in the Super Bowl era. That's impossible to argue. Now, can they do it again becomes the question because they are not just a mere back-to-back, nice little mini-era dynasty. Rather, they are now fully in contention to chase down the New England Patriots and go down as the greatest football team in the history of people. Niners in the meantime. Boy, what a tough one for them. Again! I don't think we talked nearly enough. We did it a couple weeks ago with the Dutch Mook here on this show, our pal, diehard Niners fan. I feel sad for Niners fans of a certain age. Sure, if you watched Montana and even Steve Young, then you have some fond memories. What about if you're 30 years old and a Niners fan? All you've dealt with is pain, and this is probably the most painful of them all. I don't know. Maybe the Kaepernick Super Bowl against uh, Flacco and company was worse, but I feel like the Niners had this one about four or five times over the course of the game. Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. How was your Super Sunday? I saw you got the nice hoagies from Bay Cities. Oh, yeah. um, There in Santa Monica. Did you enjoy your day? Yeah, it's crazy how the Super Bowl started off where it was a pretty bad game. It was like, on you know, we were texting me, you and Hench, and we're like, this is like shades of that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl not too long ago. It's like, it was super boring. And I was like, you know what? Uh, it's actually good. Like a boring game. Like, I'm glad football is done. We've been so busy. I could use a little bit of a break. And then the game started to pick up little by little. And it got to, uh, you know, the point in overtime where, you know, like every play mattered. Every play was crucial. And it became one of the most memorable Super Bowls uh, as of late, at least in my my lifetime did so. you think so i felt like everybody on sunday night watching all the post-game stuff people were saying hey, this one man yeah. one of the great super bowls ever and i i i feel like people want to say those things like we keep talking about we want to be able to say 
We saw the greatest of all time, so we're eager to announce that Patrick Mahomes is now the GOAT. Same, LeBron's the best of all time. Why? Because, because we're there, and we want to be able to say, because it somehow we get to bask in that glory if we were there to see it. So I feel like people want to say, best Super Bowl, one of the best ever. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to meditate. I, I didn't say months. great. I said most memorable, or uh, one okay. of the least, most, more, one of the more memorable of, of late, just because, you know, obviously first time in Vegas, uh, you know, you say what you want about the Taylor Swift stuff, but it does matter, and the, the Kelly stuff of course like, it does. There, was lot, there was a lot of buzz around this game and uh having you know the a, a legacy an all-time legacy like with Mahomes on the line and I guess even any Reed too and in, in, in terms of coaching like that's that matters to this game and the game was terrible early on but like I said it did pick up so there were be there will be things that we're remembering uh only the you know second game to ever go into overtime in the Super Bowl so there were right. things that I always hold on to uh from this matchup and and I think you know there's nothing that we could say to make 49ers fans feel better. Obviously, brutal Super Bowl losses recent years, a bunch of NFC title game losses. Like they're a team that's consistently the best for you know I don't know how many years, but with nothing to show for. And this like it's it's horrific. Like they that but so as bad as that is. On the flip side, you know I'm I'm a person who fought the Tom Brady greatness. I, I hated watching it. I was lucky enough to get two Super Bowls victories versus him. But now we have we're seeing Mahomes in real time do this, and I am going to appreciate it this time. I have no ill will towards him. So it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the fact that like we're seeing this happen and um, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it this time to see somebody who is this good in a league full of awesome quarterbacks and other great teams like the Niners. And he's just getting it. He's just getting it done. And um, I, I, I don't know how many more he'll have left. He may have zero left in him, but it's still he's he's now really on the on the, the platform. He's in the podium to get a medal. Uh, in terms right, of that's so right there. There have been a lot of movies that I've enjoyed through two acts and then the third act stunk. I, in fact, I loved the original season of True Detective until the final episode. And then I felt betrayed by it. And then I resent it now for all the time. Same goes with the TV show Lost. Patrick Mahomes is on his way to being one of the all-time greats. That's for sure. And he, well, if he retired tomorrow, then he could be Led Zeppelin. Well, our, look, all our albums are great. Maybe not the last one or two, but yeah. But for the most part, you know, every everything we've ever done is great. You stick around, you can kind of ding your own uh, shiny legacy a little bit if you never get it done. I'm trying to think of who kind of fits that description of a guy who just was around. Eh, yeah, but he's still he at worst right now. He's either a silver or bronze medalist, I'd say. I agree. But if he doesn't yeah. win for let's say, if 10 years from now, he hasn't gotten to another Super Bowl, we'll kind of regard him differently. And we'll talk about, remember when we thought that he was going to land there, but boy, the back half of his career, that would catch up with him. I don't know if he will. I do want to dig in on that. That's the main reason we have uh, Pianowski coming up. I want to try to put, um, make some sense of the, my longstanding one Lombardi per year um, in the QB league conundrum. There are a ton of good quarterbacks. Mahomes is the best of them, but there are a lot of other good ones. And yet we can't help ourselves but announce, oh, don't worry, Josh Allen's going to get his. Like, is he definitely going to get his? Because he has to go through Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert's going to be better. And here come a bunch of college kids and so on and so forth. Um, so, And we don't even talk about the NFC with Jordan Love and all those cats over there. Um, so we'll do that in just a second here. Quickly, I want to say a couple of things. You mentioned Travis Kelsey. One thing I I have sort of um, I'm bemused by and we've talked about is the same guy can do the same 
thing that another guy does and the reaction will be very different and it will be a plague or a positive thing for a guy where it doesn't carry the same weight. If Travis Kelsey, I'm trying to think, I don't know exactly who I'm trying who, who could it have been on the other sideline? You bumped the head coach like that in the Super Bowl out of anger. I mean, that would be a stain on a guy that he would never wash off with some guys. It felt like because it was Andy Reid and we have good vibes around Travis Kelsey, I think it never was going to turn into a huge thing. In the mo- I felt in the moment like, okay, it's because of the body of work of Travis Kelsey that we see he's kind of like a good-natured, kind of goofy guy, and it's not a big deal. But I, I was also thinking like, man, a, a lot of guys, if they were in that situation, this would – they they might have had to pause the Super Bowl to to have a debate to have an emergency hot take debate about what it all means. You know what I'm saying, Spaghetti? No, I, totally Did you feel that in the moment. I, I mean, if you bumped your coach in high school, you're no longer on the team for forever. That's over with. College, I would say 99% of the time, unless you're like bigger than the school. Like if you're like a Johnny Manziel and you bumped like who was this coach? Was it someone back? I can't forget. If you if you bumped your head coach, you probably could survive it. But most of the time, you're kicked off the team as well. And in the NFL, a lot of guys. I think AJ Brown tweeted like I would have been you know fined or suspended or whatever. People imagine would hate that, him. right? I think That's exactly a lot, right. I, I AJ Brown's a, of, a perfect guy for, for yeah. that aj brown bumps into nick siriani it would have been a scandal for the nation yeah it's a it's an it's well i i you know any reed also has like this he's a very like lovable guy it seems like he like, never he's always like the fun guy the hawaiian shirt like he's you know he's pretty funny in those commercials like i have i think everyone generally likes any reed unless you're a fan of another afc west team and i i think kelsey certainly could rub people the wrong way um i'm not the hugest fan of his so him getting fired up and like he was because he wasn't on the play for that like i don't know what he was going for he explained that he just wanted to be on the field he thought he could have helped stop the fumble i don't know how uh you're not a good blocker anyway so i don't understand what his thought process was he said it was not about him trying to get the football more um he ended up having a great game he hit his overs on both yards and catches but uh i just think running like first of all have a respect for your coach uh and if you bump another man it usually leads into a fight and andy reed kind of you know uh, put you know put some he dampened the fire by being like, oh, I was, you know, off balance. Um, he, he's an older man, too. He's twice your age. Like, Imagine I, I did that not if like he had fallen all. down, I know. dude. That could have been such a bigger mess than what it was. And yet, in the moment, I felt like, so, oh, oh, that's so outrageous. And then I thought, the perfect two guys who could have had that. Like, <laughs> And Travis Kelsey looks like a lunatic. Like, yeah. it looks like a raving, mad lunatic in the moment. And yet I felt like oh, this is not going to be the dust up that it could have been if it were just about any other football player and any other head coach. Um, I, as far as Kelsey's over, I, I touted big, go under, go under, go under. I thought it was in good shape there. I was equally as keen on Nick Bosa getting a sack. I thought Oof. he was dominant all day, all night he was, long. If it wasn't for John Jennings and the Niners won the Super Bowl, I would, I mean, there was a case, I've never seen a guy without a sack that had a case for the MVP. Uh, I know like, you know, the uh, you're upset over the defensive player of the year thing. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I probably do agree with you that I would take Watt over Miles Garrett, but I don't think I would take any pass rusher over Nick Bosa. Like he, I, I've never seen a motor of that guy on the ground too, popping himself back up. He was unbelievable in that game. He he really was and overran him a couple of times, and I had money on Bosa getting just one sack, so uh, so I was jumping up 
um, as he was swiping at him and just not able to get 15 to the ground. Yeah, by the way, I w- we don't need to have that conversation now, but the Miles Garrett thing, it's the obsession. PFF, congratulations to them on sort of shaping the conversation like around one obscure stat as though that's what defined. It's not an award for best pass rusher. If that was the award, then you could float those numbers um, and they would they would hold more water. Like T, the reason TJ Watt in my book is the defensive player of the year, if you're making that case, and it's very narrow, obviously Michael Parsons could get it. You could make a case for Max Crosby and so on. Two is look at all the stuff TJ Watt does for that defense versus what those other guys are doing. Like none of those other names are intercepting passes and, you know, actually running with them once I catch them able to make plays like that. And, you know, there, there's a versatility to his Michael Parsons has that, um, you know, in uh, the arrow quiver, but how he's being deployed by that defense. Also, if you want to say miles Garrett is the best player on the best defense, that's fine. I don't love the obscure stat using to make the case. I think that takes the sport in a weird direction for for the majority of fans. Um, but anyhow, yes, Nick Bosa was great. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for all the Niners because I said the Jean-Claude Van Damaschek as we ate our Valley uh, meatball subs and spicy Italians and everything else that, uh, that we picked up. Um, there were so many points during that game where I felt like, man, the Niners should be further ahead. They should be up by more than a touchdown. They should be up by more than four. They should be up by more than three. And I kept waiting. And the vibe was the Niners are in control of this game. And every time I thought that to myself, I thought the other team has Patrick Mahomes on it and they're within a score. Let's not get crazy here. He All he has to do is make one player a couple special plays. That said, you said, you said it. I think Jawan Jennings was going to be the MVP. I if do. Mahomes doesn't rally, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. going to win the MVP through a touchdown pass yeah, and nuts. caught one. That's the it. Ni- the Nick Foles. Yeah, I, absolutely. And it's, yeah, he had an unbelievable game. Uh, it's always, I love the Super Bowls always have these random players pop. Not, not, he's not really random. He, if you know the Niners, you know, Jawan Jennings, but it wasn't Debo Samuel or Ayuk or Kittle. It was the Jawan Jennings game. So he should have won it. And, you know, I, it's, it's, again, it's soul crushing for the Niners. Uh, our pal Maurice, uh, I was watching the post game and he put it the best, like, if you're playing Mahomes in these crucial games, games that matter in the playoffs, obviously they all do. You're not going to ever feel good in a one score game. Like you have to be beating Mahomes by like two plus scores to actually be able to exhale. And like, that's it just proved you wrong. Like they were dominating them in the first half. They weren't putting enough points in the board and the Mahomes is looming. You knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Um, and I'm lucky the game, you know, turned out the way it did. It was a fun, exciting finish, but uh, again, soul crushing for uh, the Bay area. Um, of course, there were the uh, the uh, pregame and halftime festivities. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm not trying to sound like an old man. I I just uh, uh, '90s R&B ain't for me. It does it 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 doesn't it doesn't hit my ear in such a way that I get into it. So fine um, with Usher. What with the commercials? I want to talk about this with Hench as a uh, obviously showbiz writer and all that. It seems to me that there's a plague of like the same 29 celebrities now doing everything. And if they're not in it, then there's no reason to make the movie, TV show, game show, commercial or otherwise. And that played out with the commercial. All it is, it's not creative. It's just who's the biggest celebrity we can attach to this just to shell for us or to star in this movie or whatever. I felt like that was on display. I thought 
the Carl Weathers thing, like I know you shot it and it's unfortunate that he passed away for your ad execs and your marketing team paying all that money. That was a little weird to air the ad though. I totally agree. I thought that was weird. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Too soon. I'm the sorry little... for you. It's also sadder for Carl Weathers' family than it is for your ad budget. Sorry that it didn't work out. Kill the yeah. ad for yep. goodness sakes. The the saying everyone goes, oh, too soon. Yeah, this was actually literally too soon. Agree with you on the commercials. I mean, I did think the uh, the Duncan one with Ben Affleck was. They were fun. There were some funny, funny ones. The it's best one. Ones. The best one I thought was the Michael Sarah um sarah v facial cleanser one that one i it was actually awesome um but yeah and i'm with you too on the usher i uh smoked ha- half a cigar outside of my porch uh while the halftime was playing so that was my break i did not watch a single minute of usher performing it was fine uh, you know the the wife and uh and daughter came in to watch and they said it was really good and i was like nah just didn't do anything for me didn't move me in any way emotionally anyhow except when he took his shirt off <laughs> um he was roller skating. I would not roller skate. I don't care how many times I've been on roller skate. You know, like that's a tough spot to be on roller skates. I thought that was pretty clutch by him. All right, too much Usher talk. Let's talk about not just 58, what this all means for Mahomes and for the Kansas City Chiefs and for our beloved sport of pro football. Let's do it right now with Scott Pianowski. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, Register using this code, listen up, Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia, 1 800 Gambler.net, New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right. Like I say, I want to make sense of this win in terms of the 58 years worth of Super Bowl era history that we know, put it into some context. And I can't think of anybody beside Adamashek better to do it than our pal from Yahoo. He's a Hall of Famer. He's Scott Pianowski. How are you, Pally? And I'm, I'm sorry, day after Super Bowl, the darkest day on the sports calendar. But how are you anyway? Um, great, man. What a great introduction. I love talking to to you about anything sports related. We have some great offline conversations every once in a while. Spaghetti hits record. We share it with the world. And, uh, you know, I, I could do this every, every day. We could talk about old Sports Illustrated covers or, you know, why did they get the MVP wrong in 1976 or whatever it is. I mean, I, I love all this stuff. Or Defensive Player of the Year in 2023 in the NFL. I know it bled into February of 24. Nevertheless, it was an award given for the regular season deeds of the 2023 regular season. Many people on the banks of the Three Rivers miffed there, but let's not worry about that. Let's talk about I do about think they fifth. got that wrong. I mean, you get to play Indeed. a second half of a season to win an award like that. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. The Browns' defense did not. They, they were supposed to be this ferocious unit. I didn't see Miles Garrett making, who's a wonderful player, but I didn't see him making a lot of plays in the second half of the year. Very strange stuff as far as I'm concerned, and I don't mean this uh, in a snarky way. I know a lot of people who love the Steelers are cross with PFF and the influence they had, but I do think legitimately it's a victory for PFF. I mean, they mm -hmm. it feels to me sway, a straight up swayed a vote and won over the likes of Micah Parsons, who is, you know, uh, who's just puking up their numbers, their pass rush win rate numbers. And, you know, passing them off is valid. And I'm not going to push back that they are or aren't. But one way or the other, I think this is a victory for PFF. And so good on them as somebody who's uh, who's in business to to, uh, you know, cast the light on themselves while celebrating football. But anyway, let's celebrate. Uh, let me football. celebrate one more thing about the NFL, though, about awards. And we love to debate this stuff. And I spend so much time on the reference pages looking up. You know, guys who are down ballot. You know, how did Eddie Brinkman hit like 203 one year and get MVP, like ninth in the MVP voting in the American League? At least the NFL in recent years, I think it was last year, the year before, they went to this tiered system. So if nothing else, we get this snapshot of the season because it's a more descriptive voting set of results. It used to just be you voted for one guy and that was it. And so coming in second might be you got one vote for the MVP and right. you came in second. So Tom Brady got 49 votes, whatever. Now at least we get that grid. And so you get a snapshot of what the season was about. I, I do like that because I think for history buffs like us, it just gives us more to sink our teeth into post facto. 
Um, listen, we have nothing but time before actual football games take place. So let's chop it up some more and let's make a, a future date down the line to, to talk about all that stuff where this chiefs team, where Patrick Mahomes, this is what everybody is buzzing about right now. And like I say, I think you and I, um, should, uh, so should, let's, uh, let's do ourselves in the audience a favor here and figure out. Um, what it means in terms of, you know, the 58 years of the Super Bowl era, and then try and make some sense of, because people are very cavalier with what they announce it means and what it's going to mean for the preceding 10 years, the, the the era, in other words, the preceding 10 years and the upcoming 10 years. And so let's start with that. I, I am a man of justice. I believe in meritocracy where my postseasons are concerned. It's why I have said on more than one occasion, March Madness is super fun, but it is not the greatest evaluator of who the best team in college basketball is in any given season. The NFL playoffs, now that they're 14 in parity and otherwise, I'm curious where you come down on. Are we getting, because I saw you tweeted on Sunday night, Monday morning, something to the effect that this feels um, this feels like a valid champion that the NFL has given us this year, that the Chiefs, they beat both number one seeds and there they are with the Lombardi and it feels deserved. How many times in the last decade would you say that's true, that the best team or a team that at least has a claim to, yeah, we were the best team for pretty much the whole year, so we're in the right place versus some because underdog stories are fun, but if you get too many underdog stories, then 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 you lose the through line. I feel like then things feel like chaos and nothing has any value to it. So anyway, last ten years, how many times do you think the NFL playoff structure has yielded the actual best team? Not as often as I'd like to see it, and I hmm. share the same thought with you. I'd like to see. I, there are some sports I like Cinderellas, and some sports I don't. And, you know, when Joe Flacco has a miracle run through the playoffs or, you know, I'm a Patriots fan, the two Eli Manning championships, one year the Giants were outscored and they won the title. That should never happen hmm. um, over the last 10 years. Well, there are a bunch of situations where two teams were really close, like Kansas City beat Philadelphia. They were probably on equal footing in that game. Two Either one seed. So there, that's a good place to start. You got mm -hmm. that one right, football gods. You gave us. You know, again, underdogs sneaking through. That's why they play the games and we can swoon about that and sing songs. And you like those things. But when they happen, when every game turns into a coin flip of a result, like anybody can beat anybody and it just keeps proving to be true that anybody can be and does beat anybody. Then what are we watching then at, at that point? This is good when one seeds get to the Super Bowl more often than not. It means the system is working, right? So, okay. So one year ago, they got that right. I thought this year, also pretty solid. You have the Chiefs beating the two one seeds, playing mm -hmm. the one seed in the big game. So two for two there. Now one step further back. 21 there's, Rams there's a and bunch of A bunch of random stuff. The Rams and Bengals was a matchup nobody saw coming. The Bucs won all their road games and then had a home game in the Super Bowl the previous year. The Ravens weren't the best team in 2019. I, I mean, the Ravens were the best team in 2019. They were the best team. So, okay, so the Titans knocked them off. That didn't feel wild, though, for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl no. and win that. Um, the following year it felt like the chiefs were should have gone back to back but the football gods frown on them 
and decimate the offensive line in front of Mahomes, and instead old man Brady somehow sneaks through. I personally found that one unsatisfying for exactly the reason I just said there. Plus, that was the year you had some high-end teams in the NFC, even though they weren't great teams as much as their record said they were, 13-3, and but Mm. you had what? You had the Packers, Niners. That was the year Rodgers wins the MVP, and he really dragged that pretty mediocre Green Bay roster to the title game against Jimmy G's Niners. Wait, right? No, no. So that's, yeah, right. So that's 2018. That's 2018 I'm thinking of that year, right? It feels like Aaron Rodgers going 13 and three and disappointing in the playoffs happened like 27 times. I, how, <laughs> I guess it's easy how Rodgers went to one Super Bowl, how Drew Brees went to one Super Bowl, how Dan Marino went to one Super Bowl. It boggles the mind. And we're going to get into it later with the quarterbacks and, and how many Super Bowls we see they're going to win. And people always guess too high. It's hard to win these freaking things. You know, like people are like, is Mahomes going to catch Brady? Well, yeah, if he has Joe Montana's career from starting today, then he'll catch Brady. It's just so hard to do it. But, you know, it's I, funny, Dave, when they switched to the new model, I didn't like, I liked the playoff model the way it was. And when they switched to the one team getting the bye, I was torn. I thought the number one seeds would have too big of an advantage, but we'd be getting better games more often than not. Now it didn't happen this year because Baltimore couldn't hold serve in that second game. And Lamar Jackson's got a lot of, explaining to do he's got as many mvps as he has playoff wins he's gonna get that other number bumped up but these things are hard to win i i I, as far as what we're talking about what how often does the best team win i went through the last 20 years and there are a couple of you went 20 years back oh yeah i I went i went back to 2003 um the the second brady championship just arbitrarily it was a 20-year look back and more often than not i felt like and there were some Oh my God, how did this team win? The Packers is a six seed. A Steelers team won out of nowhere in 2005 in Detroit, the Jerome Bettis XL Super Bowl. Obviously, both of those Giants championships, the Flacco run uh, was no. Um, the Broncos were underdogs against the Panthers. I think the Panthers were probably a better team, although Cam not going after the fumble, right? In the Super Bowl. That's why I always remember about that. I think game. that I think that's one that stands out to me. Pittsburgh had uh Peyton and the Broncos beaten mm-hmm. a mile high there. And there's some weird stuff, a weird fumble by a backup running back uh on the Steelers and Peyton, if you'll recall, um, you know, went to the ground and then jumped back up. Every all the Steelers quit on the play and he jumped back up and threw a a uh, an important first down throw in the fourth quarter there yeah that was a weird one i mean i can tick through all the steelers ones for you where i felt like they should the the ought five title super bowl 40 i can explain away from a black and gold perspective that roethlisberger was hurt for a stretch in that season and so that threw their record a little bit out of whack i think also there are teams like and here's here's the thing the niners lose super bowl 58 in part because of i think there are a lot of factors but the green law injury is way up there but here's the bad news for you niners fans and and 49ers players if you think history will remember that they won't objective history doesn't hold on to that stuff only you as a fan base are going to burn about that niners fans are forever going to curse the below the knee um body parts of their punt returners now forever I mean, that poor kid, I feel bad for him that the ball hit him in the heel. He must feel like a figurative heel now that the ball hit him in his literal heel and literally swung that game, I feel like, entirely, as it did Kyle Williams 
hitting the, the ball bouncing into his shin against the Giants uh, a decade ago and giving Eli and company their second win over Brady in that Super Bowl. Sometimes the football gods just pull the plug on you. And I feel like that's what happened with, with the Niners here. And by the way, when we're talking about the pain rankings and we spent a lot of time talking about, oh, the poor Lions fans and to a lesser degree, the Ravens fans. We also talked to our pal, the Dutch Mook, a couple few weeks ago, and he reminded us it's been 30 years since the Niners have won a Super Bowl. That's a long stretch. And since then, a lot of big time, big stage losses for them. Better on some level to never get a whiff of the big time because it's like, eh, we just are lousy forever. Worse, I submit to keep getting to those big spots and losing there in in heartbreaking fashion. I think you can make a case that the Niners, as our pal the Dutch Mook made, you know, uh, a few uh, a, a couple weeks ago, that over the last thirty some years, being a Niners fan's about as painful a deed as you can make in in pro football, eh? Yeah, what's what are the rankings on that? I mean, I'm sure Buffalo would be pounding the table, say it's it's gonna be us, the four in a row. Well, they've got to the, be the worse, yeah. Kick. Um, or is it worse to be a team like the Lions that are irrelevant for most of the time? Their two biggest stars walk away kind of out of nowhere at age 30. Um, in the way they lost that game to the Niners a few weeks ago, of course. But yeah, San Francisco, nobody wants to feel sorry for them because they had such a legacy. They had Montana, the handoff of Montana to Young. And, and and Bill Walsh and, and all the other great Jerry Rice, the, the best receiver. I, as much as I love Randy Moss, I didn't see Don Hudson, but Jerry Rice is the best receiver I've ever seen and maybe the best football player I've ever seen. So nobody's feeling sorry for you. Just like Dallas has, has got a long drought going too. But nobody feels sorry for them because if you grew up a certain age, you saw all the Landry teams, the Staubach teams, or if you grew up with the, the Aikman teams, Jimmy Johnson, they somehow won a title for Barry Switzer for crying out loud. So I think a lot there's a lot of shot and fraud going out when the Cowboys inevitably lose um, because they have. Yeah, it's fun, but I mean, I I think you can say too that this sort of um, it's almost like being an American who is who's my age or younger and puffing your chest out about like don't mess with the U.S. because you you know. You, you you get into it like uh, what's the old line from Princess Bride about never getting into a ground war with I like don't get right. into a war with the U.S. of A. And, war in Asia, and we're so right. proud and look at how we rally. It's like, yeah, we're talking about guys uh, from 70 years ago at this point and, and 170 years ago and all of that. It, it, it takes on a weird vibe to it. If you're like, I'm a Niners fan and look at our history. It's like, I didn't see any of it myself because I'm too young, of course. Mm-hmm. In a way, that hurts even worse. You're basking in this in, in the previous generation's glory and you haven't actually uh, gotten to drink the sweet wine yourself yet. It's worse to be a Cowboys or Niners fan on some level. I would submit. Well, let, all- me, let me ask you oh. this. Let me ask you this. Where did the Jets fit in this? Because their last Super Bowl appearance predated my birth by like 19 days. Joe Namath, the guarantee, 17, 18 point underdogs. But I guess the podcast was the minus 18 podcast that time. Ah. Namath delivers the win. Doesn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter. Still wins MVP for some reason. I should give that to Matt Snell. And they haven't been in the Super Bowl since. And they've lost strange games and weird games and Vinny Testaverde got hurt in the first game of a season. They thought they had championship aspirations. We just saw what happened to Rogers, the whole off season buildup where players again, and your season evaporates in four snaps. Where are they on the pain uh, threshold or list? punchline? I'm going to go, right. They okay. don't, they, they, I mean, I know the Vinny, uh, 
run against the Broncos. Um, they had and, a halftime in that game, I want to believe. I, yeah, I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and Sanchez and his co- – I mean, but they mostly that, – that, even – Richard Todd throwing five picks against the Dolphins. A.J. Dewey had three of them, I want to say. Very nice. Five, I think, five career picks, and he had three on that day, one one of which he housed. By the way, I love random guys who have games like that. Like Rod Martin had the three-interception game against the Eagles, and uh, I don't think he won MVP. I think they gave it to Plunkett. Why not? If a guy picks off three passes, Plunkett had an okay game. It was, I thought, an unremarkable game. I don't buy that he's a Hall of Famer, by the way, although he had a great second act. And you know, got to the two championships. But, but what's a guy got to do to win MVP? Three. I always say Ty Law was the MVP, the first Brady championship, and Justin Tuck for crying out right. loud was the MVP in two thousand seven. They gave it to Eli Manning, and that was a fun game for the Super Bowl. We just saw right the who's the MVP because nobody was stepping up. People are like, what is Jawan Jennings the MVP? You know, is, oh, is Chris oh, Conley the MVP? Gonna, what, I was just going to say it to you. It was. I I think it's certainly. Short of CMC mm-hmm. scoring the game-winning touchdown in overtime, I think it had to be Jawan Jennings. I mean, probably he, I, Jennings. I think- although McCaffrey got to a decent yardage total, that I think he would have gotten some support too. But Jennings at one point was probably the betting favorite. And then, of course, you know the Chiefs won the game. Mahomes, isn't it funny after that muffed punt? Mahomes was just fantastic after that. And I don't, I don't know that. I do believe. Where do you come down on momentum? A lot of people are like, oh, it's it's momentum silly. One, you're feeling good one minute, then the other team makes a play and momentum, poof, it's gone. I believe I don't. I'm not saying I'm all in on momentum, but I think it's a thing. What do you say? Well, there are more words res- required to articulate. I feel like what goes into momentum, but it is obviously a real thing. I think people get bogged down with the nomenclature and as though it's a mythical thing, the idea of we now have the momentum and we've taken the momentum back, but clearly games feel over. And then all of a sudden a a score on the board one way or the other, and you can feel a certain energy from that side. Mm -hmm. It's palpable. If you're looking at it, you don't even have to be in the building. It comes through your TV. But if you're in that joint, you can feel that electricity positive or negative. I think people who argue against it are trying too hard is my answer. I think that's a great answer. A, you thing. Know, a lot Obviously of times it's a thing. Historically, a lot of home teams, game seven NHL have had poor records. Yes. And I think one of the reasons why is if you get behind one, nothing, the whole building is like, holy crap, we're going to lose that. I saw it with the Bruins last season. They have this historic year. They're up three, one, they somehow lose the next two games. And that place was just, it was so tight. And when the Panthers tied it up at the end of the third period um, in forced overtime, just like every every Red Sox fan I know will yes. insist, even though game six of 86 did not end the World Series and they had a 3-0 lead in game seven, nobody had any confidence that they were going to win after that gut punch of the 10th inning on that Saturday night. I'll never forget it. The strangest night of my high school life, by the I, way. I, listen, I've talked to many players about mm. this. And by, by the way, Pianowski, it obviously has a name. Eddie Spaghetti can tell you what it is. Go ahead, Eddie Spaghetti. Tell him what that plague is called. Curse of Sposta? Oh, you got it. You got it. The Curse of Sposta. Yes, that's exactly right. When you're supposed to do it, mm. especially in front of your home crowd, and yeah. you ain't doing it, it becomes a home field disadvantage. The energy is negative. And mm-hmm. I, like I say, I've talked to a lot of players about this, and they say, absolutely, it's for real. And in good and bad, like it's awesome when you're there and you heard Mahomes keep talking about it. They overstate it. And again, they mythologize it. 
um, do the players, but it's the reason that you always hear, like no one believed in us outside our locker room and we had the rally and band of brothers and it was just us against the world and all that kind of stuff does work because if you're one of those road warriors and you walk out into a stadium and there are uh, there are 75,000 people rooting against you, it does rally you um, to each other's side and all of that. And when you're favored to win and everybody's excited for the coronation in the first quarter, but as you're running off the field at halftime and you're losing, now the crowd starts to boo and they're nervous and what is going to happen? The players feel that. They would like to convince you um, one interview at a time, we don't hear what the fans are saying and what the media is saying. They hear what their me- fans and the media are saying. They they all do. It's a matter of whether or not it bugs them or not. And it tends to bug most human beings when they feel that negative vibe. Um, it's a real so thing. anyway, I think overall, we can say for whatever ails pro football, and I don't love the seventh team. It's I, And my team has benefited from it, these fringy playoff teams. But I love a playoff run for my team. And I, it it, it uh, makes the season worthwhile, journey over destination and all of that. But I also believe in merit. I think I, I know people don't like bum divisions getting a home game, let alone a bye. I think that's what I would do. I would like there to be um, I would like for a division crown to mean even more than it already does, even if it's in a crumb bum division and there should be some sort of a buy in place for the teams that achieve that standard of success. Um, But overall, I do think it's yielding a champion who you can embrace. So you can say, if you believe in a season's worth of merit and body of work and everything else, I do think the NFL is getting it right a lot more than some of the baseball is a train wreck in this regard as far as some really concerned. bad last year yeah and also fo- what football has over every other major sport in america is they still have regular season games that matter i don't care if you're the biggest nba fan in the world you can't tell me well no i i, I can't go to the movies with you tonight i i gotta see charlotte play sacramento you know no th- th- this there's no important regular season I, even if my poor friend Rod McNeil, him and his wife got Celtics tickets to see LeBron James and James and Anthony Davis didn't even play for crying out loud. You should get a rebate for things like that. Load management. The NFL has regular season games that matter. And also they have a model, of course, that makes us care about games that even don't, you know, quasi don't matter, or don't matter at all, because we may pick them. We might, we might put a couple of bucks on them. We might have some fantasy interests, which are all good things, but they have a regular season that still has, integrity uh, b- baseball i think all the seasons dave should should be shorter i i think the nba someday because they have such a good relationship between management and player relative to the other sports i think someday they might be able to sell everybody on let's play 70 games we can charge more for the tickets maybe we'll all make a tiny bit less but not as much wear and tear on the body the product will be better you'll be fresher for the playoffs you just can't expand seasons and expand the size of leagues infinitely. At some point it becomes, there's just, you've spread too thin and the product has really started to suffer in a way where there'll be a backlash. Or the history will not unfurl evenly at, at, at best, obviously then you have these weirdo seasons where the big, big, uh, um, you know, you have, you have some all time atrocious teams. That's what happens in um, when, when you expand or then you overdo it as the NHL did with the Vegas Knights and now in their first season they're playing for the cup which is mm-hmm. which is unsatisfying as well talk about a lack of merit behind all that all right 
Now let's figure out. Everybody says it all the time. They say, boy, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. And yet, when we start assigning who's good, we start attaching, like, that young man's going to win Super Bowls. Like, that, that's like Tony Romo and whoever else is talking. Draft night, a lot of talk about this young man is going to deliver. This is the young man you want in the building because he, stu he, he, he studies hard. This young man gets it. You know, all that kind of talk. And yet, the math doesn't work out. Because the tournament that we talk about yields one Lombardi trophy per year. So as long as these careers of these high-end quarterbacks, the most important position in all of sport, as long as they are playing simultaneously, only one of them gets a Lombardi per year. Ergo, the math ain't going to work out that all these guys are going to get even one Lombardi, let alone the multiple Lombardis that the fan bases are promised upon drafting them or signing them in free agency. Let's tick through these then, shall we, and try and make sense. A lot of people are eager, maybe even impatient, to decree that Mahomes has now jumped Brady or caught Brady. Where do you come down on that? He's, he's not close. I mean, no. All he needs to do starting today is to have Joe Montana's career and he'll get to Brady seven. That's so hard to do. How much longer does Andy Reid want to do it? How much longer does Travis Kelsey want to do it? Who would succeed Reid if Reid retired? And Steve Spagnuolo, by the way, the defensive coordinator, a really big winner on Sunday. His reputation, I think, went from highly respected assistant coach to coordinator to now like maybe he's got a Hall of Fame case because he's won four championships. But I put down Mahomes. He I, did I was, the right things. I get it. But Kyle Shanahan did a lot of the wrong things that helped out Steve Spagnolo. Well, Kyle think, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's thrown a lot of good six and seven inning games. He needs to find a way to get these things finished up. Couldn't do it against the Patriots. 28 to three. Why is Julio Jones getting four targets in that game? Why is Matt Ryan taking a sack to get them out of field goal range? The Patriots had to win so many coin flips to bail out and including the overtime coin flip to bail out that game. That, Falcons defense was gassed at the end of the game. I would have called a timeout on defense. I'm telling you, man, people feel bad about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens more than they do about the Niners. I think that this is really, this is one of the more, we we just did it a week or two ago here on the show where we ranked out the, the most painful losses of the Super Bowl era, including Super Bowls and playoff games. I mean, this is on the list. This is in the top 10, I think, one of the more heartbreaking losses because if you're from, from the Niners' perspective, the whole game, I'm watching the game, and I keep saying to Jean-Claude Van Damischek seated next to me, like, feels like the Niners should be up by more than one score. And I'm mm. like, now they should be up by more than just four points. It should be yep. a seven-point spread. And they should be up by more than three. They should be up by four now, except they kept, and they kept, the not the Chiefs, I get it, and you celebrate them, and that's how history is going to remember it, Niners fans. Not that you gave it away, but that Patrick Mahomes did it again. That's how history plays mm -hmm. out. The victor gets the flowers, and you are an afterthought in this. I know it stinks, but that's the way it goes. And you are going to lament for the next 40 years the punt going off the guy's uh, back of his foot when he's not even mm -hmm. looking at it. And CMC should have maybe run the ball a little bit more. And maybe if they would have blocked up Chris Jones for a split second more, we win in overtime. All those things happen. And 
it just all goes into the pickup truck of the chief's greatness that that's what's laying in the bed for all of time now like just the genius of spags and he and he was marvelous but i do i I do keep pointing that out because it is severe as we get away from it no one's going to care about the things that the niners did wrong it's going to be all about that like the green law thing to me this side of the the punt the bad luck of the punt what's it worse luck the heel aka the achilles of dre Greenlaw. Breaking as he's running onto the field. What in the hell? The football guys up here against you, Niners. Crazy. He he gets hurt early. Kittle got banged up late in the game. Debo got banged up. He wasn't anywhere close to a factor in this game. There was an early uh, helmet to helmet. I can understand why they didn't flag it, but Purdy got his cage rattled on a helmet to helmet hit. And coincidentally or not, he was not effective for the next like two quarters. He did not play well in the second or third quarter, but you talk about when when teams have control of play and don't have the lead that's commensurate to how much they've dominated, which is a huge part of this. This Chiefs team, for the first time, had a better defense and offense in the Mahomes era. I think they were 15th in points scored, which sounds crazy. They have a bunch of receivers who would hardly draw any interest that they were all free agents. Somebody would take Rasheed Rice, and everybody else would probably get really low contracts. Kelsey is no longer the same explosive player. Pacheco's a good back. He's not a special back by any means. The defense kept this game in play. They kept this game within reason until the offense got something going. And um, I want to fill that part in, because I, I think that I, I think that's right. It, what what you say about that, and and that's the takeaway, the blueprint for the AFC contending teams in twenty four and going forward. But okay, let's count through them. Mahomes now mm-hmm. is twenty eight, as you say. Kelsey, you know, I, you know the the, the notion that he was slow rolling it all season so that he could really soar in the playoffs is, is uh, um conspiracy theorist uh, kind of stuff. I, 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 maybe he did pace himself out a little bit. Maybe there is something to that, but um, I, you know, I think if green laws out there, you you can kind of make a case that they do a better job on Kelsey and therefore, cause Kelsey did make a couple of big splash mm-hmm. plays in big spots for him. Um, but eventually he's going to go. Andy Reid says he's going to stick around for a while and so on and so forth. But let's start there. Best you can predict, project it. What's reasonable for Mahomes going forward? What do you what do you think he gets? Total Lombardi wins from this day till the day he retires. Total I, one over under one and a half. I well, bet there you go. I, you, you're reading my mind because I toggled between one and two. And. I wanted to say one. I, I usually, when in doubt with these things, I usually go to the lower number, but I ended up giving him two. Okay. Now, it, let's stay in this AFC here. And we do have to marry this up, and it's something, forgive me if you've heard me say this once or or seven times over the last month. I'm going to say it again now to Pianowski because it, it resonates even more. Because I saw Matt Miller, the the uh, the um, draft analyst uh, for ESPN, saying, the result here is because that's what you do after the Super Bowl. Now, all evidence has been provided for another football season. What's the big takeaway for a team that wants to vanquish the reigning champion in the copycat league? It seems like, and Matt Miller said this, well, obviously Brock Purdy was good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. But if you don't have the guy, if you don't have somebody who can keep up with Mahomes, then you have no shot. So stop. Um, stop deluding yourself and go and get one of those guys. Trade up to get Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, 
or uh, maybe Jaden Daniels, if you feel that way, go do whatever you can to get those guys. And I think that's the wrong takeaway because what we just saw was Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, again, not being able to get over Mahomes when everything kind of felt like it was on their side this season and they still didn't get it done. So don't you go with a completely different formula than what you're trying to keep up because you're going to have a dimmer version. It would be like, you know, when grunge broke, what you see with um, with any genre of music when it breaks. The big band is the OG or the big handful of bands. The 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 first uh, handful of grunge bands were the best grunge bands. And then every iteration after, even if it was six months later or three years later, was a little bit paler. And then the one after that, um, paler still. And so the idea of like, well, you got to follow the blueprint of the Chiefs and get the guy. Well, like he's Thanos. You can have Dr. Strange and Iron Man, but they ain't good enough to be Thanos on a regular basis. So don't you just have to completely do something different? Is that at least on the AFC side? How say you to that? Well, first of all, look at the right answers at quarterback. Were they the number one overall pick? Mahomes, you know, lasted in his draft. Allen didn't go number one. Lamar Jackson was a highly debated uh, prospect. Well, that's also a great point. Right. Late in the first round. I mean, I, do you feel great about Trevor Lawrence? The one number one overall pick who oh, I will pound the table is going to win a Super Bowl is Joe Burrow. And I'll admit yes. a bias. I'll admit a bias here that Joe Burrow won me over for life when he gave this Heisman speech that just makes makes my arms be all goosebumped. And he's a get it guy. And he's a player who can play in all different types of weather, all different game flows. He runs just enough. Much like I love the Mahomes style of running. He can beat you as a runner, but it's not his entree which you know he's going to beat you with his arm but if you need to run a play with him with his like you can do it burrow not quite as athletic as mahomes but he can still if the game requires him to scramble three or four times or or do a quarterback draw at the goal line he's capable of doing that uh, and he's the actually the only other quarterback i have um as uh, future championships and maybe I, I i'm going back to that heisman speech the lsu season Maybe I just I just like the cut of his jib. I don't know, Dave, but I have Joe. Or Burrow. maybe or maybe it's because we've actually seen him do it. And he did it twice, if not mm-hmm. for the bad call last year in Arrowhead. It feels like forever ago. And it They're feels not afraid like forever to play ago. Anyway. They've won at Buffalo. Ba- they've won at Kansas City. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I have him winning two championships, believe it or not. And that's the only the only uh, two guy I have, Mahomes and Burrow. Everybody else is a one or a zero. Yes, he is right. They, now, this is tricky because in my Avengers analogy, Avengers universe, Thanos is Mahomes, which isn't to say he's a bad guy unless you are on the side of the Bills or the Ravens or otherwise, then you regard him as a bad guy and he's hard to get around. He is inevitable as people now are saying since we started saying that uh, a couple of months ago, but I got to go to the DC comic universe and talk about kryptonite and Joe Burrow does appear to hold that kryptonite um against Thanos even though Thanos isn't properly you know he, he doesn't have that same allergy that Superman has to kryptonite but I think you pick up what I'm laying down here either way so let's sure. go through it Allen Lamar Jackson Justin Herbert let's call that our group of three really good quarterbacks who we always are celebrating how many total Lombardies do you see them winning I gave Allen one, I gave Jackson one, and I gave Herbert zero. I think 
you're being overly optimistic, unless we're talking about a group. Maybe Herbert will get one of those, but I'm telling you, man, the odds are stacked against Allen and Jackson getting one. Maybe one of them can get it in the next couple of years, but at this stage in their career, and they come into the league at the same time, it's unlikely that they are both going to win a Lombardi with Mahomes still there, but and with the names I'm about to give you, you just talked about Joe Burrow. You say he's going to get one. So we're going to go with Mahomes is going to get one. We're going to go with um, her. You, you say uh, Burrow's going to get one. That's two. And we're covering that. We only have eight left for the rest of the decade now, you understand. And you're giving one to Allen and Jackson. If you do that, now we only have six Lombardis left to give out over the next decade. You see, this is a tough game to play. For Here's sure. another... Here's a here's here's maybe the biggest name on the board. CJ Stroud. Is CJ Stroud gonna get a Lombardi? I just want to put a period on Allen. They gotta figure something out with Stefan Diggs because he's on the back nine of his career, not happy, not simpatico with Allen. Yeah. And I I don't see they have a lot of other players who are okay. They don't have a, a Special tenant granted Kansas City just won a championship and their receiver group was pretty ordinary, but I, that digs thing is a problem. Daniel Jeremiah said exactly not the uh, well, he probably just is parroting what I've said. That's how he does things. Don't, I don't want to pull back the curtain. Um, but uh, but you know, between us. Uh, but no, Jeremiah said the same thing I said is the Chiefs end this season in the place where they more or less started it. But the Ravens are worse than they were. They lost half their coaching staff and personnel guys and otherwise mm-hmm. just got raided. And got raided. their free agency situation's a mess. The Bills are in the digs for way too much loot. The idea that they have to go get somebody, I don't know how they're going to get them unless through the draft. Yes, they are. The Chiefs are in a better spot now than the two arch rivals that they just went through in the divisional and title games. To get there, I, I I am not as bullish on either one of those teams going forward. But what about Stroud? I'm going to give Stroud one. I just want to say one thing about Lamar Jackson, too. He just won a second MVP, and it's great. He's got two playoff wins. Every once in a while, somebody thinks it's cute. I, I likened it on Twitter to Carl Malone winning the MVP one year. And Michael Jordan said, "Oh, that that that's adorable. Let's just you know steamroll you guys in the champion in the in the uh, NBA Finals again." And Jordan never went past six games. And in NBA Finals, I know we had Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen. He had plenty of help in the second half of his career. But mm-hmm. and I wasn't a Bulls fan, uh, a Bulls fan by any means. But uh, you know this this idea when Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in the league. No, no, he's not. If they redrafted everybody, everybody would take Patrick Mahomes. I think even John I Harbaugh think you're probably right. And I think I think this is a fair point. But to give you some pushback and Devil's Damashek you a bit, I think the guy who you celebrated five minutes ago who is the exception in my head is Burrow. Okay. Burrow did beat him in Arrowhead, yep. then had him beat in Arrowhead, except for the, uh, you know, out, mm. out of bounds push on Mahomes at the end of the game a year ago. And then he gets hurt. So how do we, uh, you know, who knows? So he gets an incomplete for this season, does for Burrow. Sure. I think there's a case that Burrow is sort of like the Montana in a world of Marinos and Elways, which is to say in the same era with a bunch of superhero guys with with rockets on their shoulder and everything else. But Burrow is that guy who does it without that big whip and the savvy and everything else. I know we much, much like how Brady and Manning were the Montana Marino comp where Manning had the stats like Marino did. 
Uh, but it's it's just mind blowing okay. that Marino got to the Super Bowl second season and never went back. And I know Miami, you know, they couldn't get a consistent running game. Sometimes it was the defense. Marino had a lot of playoff seasons where he won a game too. It wasn't like they were going out right away. It's just mind blowing they never get back. Well, I love what if things. in it. You know, I love the what if the the past and the future. And um, you know, one of the best ones is that. For all the Marino stuff, like Ted Williams, he only got to that one World Series. Yeah. Marino, he'll be back. It's only his second year. Same goes for Aaron Rodgers at this point. And we don't talk about that very much. And by the way, you know, BJ Raji intercepts Caleb uh, Haney and all that at the end of the game, and they go to the Super Bowl and beat the Steelers. But um, the other one is is Drew Brees. If Brett one, Favre one didn't Brett Favre that, that, that title game in NOLA, what year was that? 2009, I guess. Um, and throw those interceptions as he did for the Packers before he did it for the Vikings. If he doesn't do that, Drew Brees never goes to a Super Bowl. And, you know, um, and, and it's not knocking those guys. It's indicating how difficult it is. And again, there were always good quarterbacks in the league. But now, as I always talk about, QB saturation is real. The worst quarterbacks in the league that we're talking about are Kenny Pickett. And guys on that level, Kenny Pickett's a lot better than the 32nd or the 30th best quarterback was a decade ago. People, it's even harder in the QB league because everybody's obsessed by it. I think we've reached the inflection point, though. Like I say, and I said it a year ago, and I don't think I was wrong about it, even though the Niners didn't win the Super Bowl. In a world of superhero quarterbacks, do it the other way, which is, to completely build up the all-time roster with a guy, a quarterback, who's not going to turn the ball over and is going to make smart, sound decisions with the ball in his hands. I said two weeks ago after the title games, if Purdy falls on his face here in this big spot, I don't think it would be crazy for Lynch and Shanley to say, we can upgrade just like we did from Jimmy G three years ago. To this guy, we can upgrade again. I think Purdy is just fine. I thought he had a nice game. I feel like there's some insinuations that he wasn't good. I hear what you said about taking the headshot, but I thought he was solid and made good decisions all night long. You know, I don't think he's the reason that they lost the game. I wouldn't say that. I I think that gold is precious because it's hard to get and it's rare. And so the idea like, hey, you better do whatever you can to get one of those QBs, like, a lot of teams have those QBs, but they don't win anyway. So, so, so do what the Niners are doing and 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 win at every other position, right? The thing is, it's just so hard to find a Brock Purdy to find. Obviously, the teams historically that have found a quarterback as a free agent or as a late draft pick. The Patriots benefited from it. The Seahawks with Russell Wilson benefited from it. The Rams found Kurt Warner who was undrafted and talk about your, your what if. So what if Trent green never gets hurt? You know, maybe Trent green is a superhero and he's the MVP. And then they, I don't see why they couldn't have had the greatest show on turf season with him. And I'm mean, Dick for was like, well, how you know his- that, yeah. How you know that they would have been very good is that he, um, he teams up again with Trent green a couple of years later in Kansas KC City. and Trent green is, is, uh, is dominant. So, yeah. And I think I history forgets how great those Chiefs teams were with with Priest Holmes and and Trent Green and Vermeil but, and everything. But you're proving the point, ain't you? Because if you don't go to a Super Bowl, then history moves on from you. That's right. what happens to you. Nobody's talking why- about Philip Rivers and how great some of those teams were, right? Um, yeah, of course. And even if you go to the Super Bowl and lose, time will move on from you if you don't get it. Ken Anderson, this thing of years like I. I 
I get the late push for him to be in the Hall of Fame. I disagree with that. But time just moves on past you. Um, if you back when the you AFC the AFC Central back then had four consecutive MVPs on four different teams. Ooh, that that's a good cool. uh, trivia question. Yeah, it so was wait, Bradshaw, so wait, Campbell. I'm sorry, sorry. Don't you tell me nothing. You don't tell me my business. I tell you the business. <laughs> okay. Working back, I think yeah, if I if I heard you correctly, I think you just gave all the answers there. But eighty is Sipe. Yep. Um, that's a sad team right there. Um, Red right eighty eight fourteen twelve. They lose. They tell them if he's not open, throw it to Lake Erie. He threw it to uh, the defensive back. Yeah, Mike Davis, right? Mike Davis, uh, very good. Number uh, thirty seven. 36, Lester 36, number 37. Right, right. Um, the uh, the uh, 79 is the Tyler Rose and 78 mm-hmm. is uh, Terry Bradshaw, who I do not like being passed right over by everybody talking. I talk about you better win if you want to be remembered. Terry Bradshaw <laughs> did win four times. Why is he getting glossed over on all these lists I'm seeing today about like, well, here's your big three of all time. Why is Bradshaw not on there? He got four, and he wasn't a passenger. All right, I don't want to go down that. Uh, I got to give you a great Bradshaw stat. And look, the game was so much different in the 70s before the pass interference rules were changed. His first 300-yard passing game of his career. 13, of course. Was the Super Bowl 13, right? Right, right, of course. And, but the more, talk about being clutch and all that, two. 60-plus-yard game-winning touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Nobody had ever done that until Bradshaw. He was the only guy to have done it twice until Kurt Warner came along in, uh, and, and did it in uh, whatever Super Bowl. All right, I get, I get to ask you this question. As, as you're, you're everything Pittsburgh, okay? Yes. The NFL Hall of Fame has a rule that only one receiver from a franchise can go to the Hall of Fame. Do you send Lynn Swan to the Hall of Fame or John Stallworth to the Hall of Fame? Antonio Brown is the best receiver. In well, Brown, you're right. You're right. I, let's just pretend this happened. Just predated Brown. Because I don't know what the voters are going to do with him, but he is overqualified. In fact, I believe, not that fantasy is everything, I believe Antonio Brown was the highest scoring fantasy player of the 2010s. I, the fact that he's gone off the off the reservation as he has, don't forget how great of a player he was. Well, the irony of the run and, and dominate you defensively Steelers is how many wide receivers of theirs have been Super Bowl MVPs. But I will go Hines with Ward, yep. with no with no uh, disrespect intended to number 82, John Stallworth. I'm going with Lynn Swan, even though I wasn't around for those moments. I've gone back and watched all those games. And there is a definite vibe to Lynn Swan as they are in the midst of that prime. He's a difference maker for what that offense was prior to his arrival and and he gets it to another level. John Stallworth comes on. It's very much like Led Zeppelin versus Rolling Stone. Man, Rolling Stone. Stallworth, Stallworth's playoff resume is so good though. He's yeah, he just lasts a lot longer games. and is great too. Right. He's fantastic. John Stallworth is a is uh is is one of the all-time great pass catchers. He just didn't play in an era where that would allow for his numbers to put him into that conversation. I love the story that the Steelers got the tape on Stallworth and we're supposed to give it back. And they said, No, we're not showing this to anybody because we we're gonna try to steal this guy in the fourth round. They took Swan in the first round, they took Lambert in the second round, they didn't have a third round pick, and then they stole Johnny Stallworth. The, the great the best, Bill Nunn. The best okay. draft of all time in no, any no, sport. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, I want to continue this exercise because if sure. I have you right, you've already attributed five of the available 10 upcoming Lombardis to C.J. Stroud. Oh, nobody's getting two. 
Stroud, Burrow, Allen, Jackson, and Mahomes have claimed. Bad news, NFC. You ain't getting any, according to Pianowski. Let's keep going here. Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence. By the way, the AFC South has been a punchline for a little while. No more. That's going to be a bad one. Mike Vrabel, you got off easy getting out when you did because the Texans are going to be good. The Jags are not going to fall off a cliff. They disappointed this year, and the Colts are going to be good. They were good with Gardner Minshew. What are they going to do with Anthony Richardson? How many Lombardis do you suppose Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence get? Because you already gave one to Stroud. I'm pretty confident the Jaguars aren't going to win any. I I gave Richardson zero, but I would understand somebody. I, Shane Steichen running this offense is going to be a blast. I just yes. couldn't get past the idea that Ursay would do something that would derail the team. Okay, fair. And do you think? Uh, and Lawrence isn't going to get any. So okay, no. so the board's good. Now let's look on the other side. Let's do the NFC East duo: Hertz and Dak. Man, Philadelphia. We all knew they weren't a ten and one team, but. What an awful ending to that season. I, I still like the infrastructure here. I have Hurts winning one. And Dak's zero. One. Dak gets zero. Okay. Six Lombardis down. Only four available. Good luck, everybody upcoming. Jared Goff, zero. main man on the Detroit Lions. Is he I, I'm one? afraid, and, and as a transplant into the Michigan area for the last 20 years, I fell in love with this Lions team. But this felt like... Like you, you, you meet the girl of your dreams, but it's like the only night you're going to see her. You, you know, you get you get to kiss her before she goes off to Scandinavia, and you never see her again. I, I don't think the Lions are ever getting back. I, they have a, they didn't get raided. They're bringing they're bringing the band back together, but Packers just made the playoffs, and Love looks like a good player now, and the Bears are on the upswing. I don't think Minnesota falls off a cliff. I think this was Detroit's moment, and they blew it. Hmm. I hope Severe. I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. And by the way, I said some, uh, maybe they're over their ski stuff about the Lions before the season and that got shoved in my face. And you know what? If they go to the Super Bowl, I'll be thrilled. I'll be happy. And you can tell me all Twitter X or whatever they're calling it, Y or Z, that I'm wrong and I, you know, I didn't believe in the Lions, whatever. I'll be happy to be wrong. Well, they do, even though he's a number one overall, Jared Goff at this point presents as a def- as a deficit to the high-end QBs. He's fine, obviously, but I don't think many people hold him up as an MVP candidate at this point. He feels like he was the third. I know he was the first overall pick. He feels like he was the third-round pick, right? I yeah, mean, he, he feels does, like he's definitely. a stopgap. Yeah, and I wonder how soon they'll move off of him. Okay, so you were severe. Let's do then the old Lions quarterback and pair him up with Aaron Rodgers. The two... No. Old guard, gunslinger, big time QB. This was an easy blue. Team. This is an easy blue Tarski for me. Zero point zero. I kind of think the Rams in 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 a softer conference in twenty four. Mm. Why couldn't they do what they did this year? I mean, they, they. I thought that was a real good team under the radar, pretty much the whole way through. Also, the rejuvenated McVay, right? The NFL. It's such a coaching league. It's such an advantage. Bad coaches don't win championships by and large, and maybe a couple of exceptions. But for the most part, the coaches you win are the coaches you should win. And McVay's a tactical advantage. Look what he did with Puka Nakua. Nobody had any expectations for him. And he turns in this fantastic season. You know, I, I would love to see Stafford make another deep run. Okay. We're right. So this is actually, we're lining this up. I think you're gonna land, I think, somewhere right close to 10 total Lombardis distributed among the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy. One. He will get one. And I too much infrastructure gonna... here. 
There's, there's okay. just too many good players that they're so able to keep. Are you picking them for next season? I could see. He's going to be in the next two years, I think. They're going to win one soon with this basically this core. Okay. That's that's pretty bold based on the evidence of the 21st century. Yeah, Get to the Super Bowl the, the, the and lose not been it, kind to no teams chance. that lose the Super Bowl. I understand that. All right. And so I'm guessing we're going to find some Lombardis here because you're now up to seven, if my count is correct. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, Drake Zero. May, Jaden Daniels. I have May winning one. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I think there's one in that mix and I gave it to me. I, I, some, I, Gotta I be have, somebody. I have okay. a bad vibe on Caleb Williams, man. I don't know. He he seemed really sensitive and kind of quirky playing in a not, a, you know, LA is not, they're not down your throat at you know, covering USC, USC football in LA. You know, if he goes to a major market, I don't know if he's ready for it. I, he stepped back. I don't like a guy who gets worse during his college career. That makes me I, nervous. I, if, as far as that goes, I talked about this a week ago. If you're the Bears, I do think it makes sense based on how contracts work in pro football these days to you you move Justin Fields, certainly. Sure. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. If the kid is indicating to you and he's been brittle emotionally about some things and it's been well covered, if he is telling you, I don't want to go to the Bears and you jam him into that spot, mm-hmm. you're starting somebody off who shows that he ne- isn't necessarily from the sturdiest spiritual stock to begin with. You drop him in there and he's vaguely an- a- adversarial with the fan base and has a couple of stinkers, which he certainly will early in his career, and he gets some booze and stuff. I Let DC trade you for him. Let Make them give you more so you can build up further around whichever other quarterback you like, whether it's Daniels or Drake May. I definitely Just to do argue that. the other side of it, and I actually agree with everything you said, but could we make the case that this is another Eli or another Elway situation? Yes, it is. And th- and that's why you let him go, because that history tells us that if the kid wants to do it, he may seem like a ne'er-do-well to your fan base, but he's going to be a hero on the other side. They're two for two with that. The two best examples are the two you get. Elway forced his way out of Baltimore. It ended up resulting in the Colts leaving town altogether. For sure. Uh, I mean, if he stays there, then probably there's enough uh, – uh, solid reasons to one of the most it. underrated 30 for 30s, the Elway to Marino 30 for 30 with Marvin Demoff, um, the, the father one, yeah. of, of Rams uh, executive Kevin Demoff, who I used to work with a million years ago. Great guy, but uh, sharing his notes because he represented both Elway and Marino. And you know, how does Danny Marino keep falling down the draft? At one point, Miami's like, What's wrong with Dan Marino? And another guy, right, who very curiously. Got worse. Oh, we were taking calls at the house. The old man was getting calls from NFL teams about Dan Marino. He was a doctor who worked with the Pitt program. And so people are calling him like, what do do you know about these rumors about about Marino? To the old man's credit, he kept his yap shut. Not that he had anything to say anyway, but he was a Pitt man through and through. I I uh, I still remember the old man getting those calls from I, I I don't I don't like to tell too much. Well, I did tell one great off-color story. Spaghetti, should I tell it again or no? Yeah, go for that. Of course you should. Okay. Once, yeah, the old man passed away six months ago, so like he can't get in any trouble for that. I don't know who's coming to get him um, on this one. So, nineteen eighty-three is Marino's or eighty-two. His uh, his senior year, big junior year, yep. Heisman candidate, Heisman yep. favorite, 
going into his his Bill senior Frelick, year, yep. hit number one in the land. Didn't go well. Didn't go as well as people. On the cover were. of the Sports Illustrated, the first ever NFL and college football spectacular. He was on the with cover. Kosar. With Kosar, that's right. Um, a couple of aces. I think a couple of aces was the caption. I do I have it uh, hanging in my home somewhere? I don't know if I do. You anyway, um, yeah, Maria. So the old man, he's a doctor, and we would go up to uh, Edinburgh Community College um, for a few days, just a, a fun summer trip. He wasn't their um, orthopedist. He didn't treat their uh, damaged MCLs or anything like that. He was their general practitioner. In other words, I have a, a fever. Oh, I don't know what's going on with me, doc. What should I do about this medical condition? That kind of a doctor, given their physicals and all that kind of stuff to start the season. Um, so anyhow, we go up to to uh, summer camp in August and one of the trainers says, hey, uh, whatever Marino's roommate, I don't remember. And it was in college dorms. Uh, Marino's roommate isn't feeling well. Do you mind checking on him? After dinner, we're in the cafeteria with our trays and all that on the college campus. And so the old man and I go up to Marino's um, dorm room that he is sharing with this ailing teammate of his. And we knock on the door and uh, you hear you hear a voice in there like, yeah, who, who's there? And you hear commotion behind the door. You remember the size of dorm rooms, not large. Um uh, Dr. Damashek, uh, it's Dr. Uh, hold on a second, Doc. Hold on. You hear you hear scrambling around. You hear a bunch of voices. Uh, what's going on back there? Finally, after way too long, the door finally opens. There sits on the beds Marino, his roommate, and two girls. And filling the room, a weird smell and smoke that uh, Dave <laughs> Damashek had never smelled before. I didn't know what was going on there. Okay. Did the old man spill those beans to any of these pro football teams calling our house in 83? What's up with Marino? Good kid. You want him on your team. All the while, try, wow, I did a Pittsburgh accent there. All the while, while Dan Rooney and everybody in Pittsburgh is like, we got to get this Marino. We were once a lifetime opportunity to get the kid from Pitt to be our QB. It didn't go that way. Okay. That's my story about that. Let's finish. My, cha- my challenge to you, you'll probably be able to do it because you're such a Pittsburgh guy. But I couldn't do it. And I'm a gigantic sports historian. Name any of his receivers at Pittsburgh. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? You're asking, you're asking Dave to Well, you know what? Before you do it, I asked the humble listener to do it because it's none of these guys had did anything in the end. He didn't here's the thing. They he didn't were play good. with one NFL receiver, not one. Well, Julius Dawkins played in the NFL for the Buccaneers, but yes, no one to your point. No one was a was a superstar. They had good those, those I like what, what are we doing? I mean, you want me to get into all those picks? Julius Dawkins, it, by the way, Julius Dawkins was a 12th round pick, 320th pick overall by the was, Bills. Well, he was, so. I didn't say he was as good as Dwight Collins. Dwight no, Collins. No, for sure. But, but the point receiver. the point is that to what if Marino um I mean he didn't usually these guys um, have something, somebody's tagging along, right? There's some, somebody that, you know, you would never see it now. The best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, in, in college have great receivers. Look, look at the receiver factory they've had at Ohio State. You too know, bad. They, Reggie Williams broke his leg. He was Jemmy's favorite receiver right mm-hmm. after uh, after Marino left, and he was good until he broke his leg. We don't have time for this. Now, listen, are we finished with our drill here? Did we even get to 10? I'm I'm stunned by this. So well, I had Burrow winning one. two, and I had Mahomes winning two. Whoa, 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 whoa! Burrow gets two. 
let's do, okay. Let me let let's recap this quickly. Mahomes gets one more, right? Yep. Burrow, you say gets two. Two. That's three total. Yes, it is. Who else do you have getting two? Uh, uh, no, I'm, I, I toggled between Mahomes one and two. But for the sake of this, let's give Mahomes one, Burrow two, Allen one, Jackson one. That's five. Stroud okay, I disagree one that six. Allen and Jackson both get one in the AFC. Understand, they all got to run through the same pipeline to get through to the Super Bowl. So, for sure. So that's going. But, but the AFC is going to have some dominance here. Burrow's going to do it two times. Burrow's going to do it two times. That means he's going to have to beat Allen, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Mahomes twice in the next 10 years to get to a Super Bowl. Not just beat the, one of those guys. He's going to have to run the table, win at least two games. This is why it's so difficult. Yes, All although right. the AFC will send a representative every year, and it will be True. one of these guys. So, And the NFC Well, the, the what really mucks it up is mm -hmm. when Brad Johnson breaks through or Flacco breaks through, yep. or maybe in 2024, Kenneth Pickett breaks through. Then that really disrupts the Lombardi count for the high-end guys. Okay, so... Your your view is grim for the NFC, in other words, for the next decade. It is. I'm not this, hearing this, a lot of noise being made on Lombardi's landing over there. This is where I had the 10. I had Mahomes 1, Burrow 2, Allen 1, Jackson 1, Stroud 1. I know it's a lot of AFC. Hertz 1, Purdy 1, Drake May 1. And we got to go one off the board, right? We got to have a Brad Johnson in here. Somebody who, I mean, he's born by now, but he's not uh, spaghetti. Who are we forgetting? No, no. Ahead, I, have a, say I have Danny a veteran. Dodge you're going to laugh. No. You're going to kick me off the podcast by who I gave the last one to because he's an old guy. Not Well, not Stafford, obviously. Who? Roger. Give a, I'm giving one to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins? Where's he going to get it? I, I, I don't know. He's going to sign with somebody and it's going to happen. Interesting. Any uh, th that's an, obviously an intriguing one. I think that fits that every ten every ten years there's going to be at least one anomaly. Like, wait, what? That team won? I can't. Right, I think Foles, it's funny. Right? Yep. Why it's funny? What's obscured that dynamic a little bit in the last ten years is that the guys who did it have the big brand names. Peyton, I think, would tell you in 2015 was not Peyton Manning. He was, he, you know, he was at the tail end of his career. That was the, I call that the weekend at Bernie's year because they, they basically took his yeah. corpse and, and trotted it around for four months. And I think as good as Brady was with the Bucks, that year is such a weirdo season. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but we talked about the offensive line and yeah, Rodgers, the, the choke the artist, Bowl, yeah. and it was COVID. And I think that all adds up to that one doesn't feel as real. And those are odd teams to have won the Super Bowl, but we kind of reject them because Brady and Peyton make them seem all right. They give them a luster right. that, that, that are equivalent to Brad Johnson and Joe Flacco winning Super Bowls. It kind of steals. Did you, did you agree, the by the way, that Plunkett was not a Hall of Famer? I, I, as long as Bob Greasy's in the Hall of Fame, you're not going to get a big fight from me about anybody who in the quarterback league wins two Super Bowls going to the Hall of Fame. Of Miami course. got a lot of championship conveyor belt hall. I mean, Larry Zonka, I think, has a very strong case to not be in the Hall of Fame. Rest in peace, Zonk. But no, Zonka's alive. He's one of the few guys who is alive from them Dolphins teams. I guess when Larry Zonka died, am I am I right on that? <laughs> Wonder who you're throwing dirt on there. Not Zonka though. I thought he, I, I just up a, swore he died. I'm gonna yeah. double check that. I mean, he's not. He's not as good a 39. He, he was on the 77. He was on the field yesterday with the Lombardi Trophy before he passed it off to John Elway. Actually, uh, I apologize. And then passed away right there. He died. Right wow. On the so field. I have him not deserving a Hall of Fame vote, uh, and I have him in the ground when he's alive. I feel terrible.
right. You know what? Put what him back in the Hall of Fame. Put him back in the Hall of Fame. I, 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 I Your Patriots roots are still strong, aren't they? You want to throw dirt on the Dolphins. I, I, I respect it, I think. Um, okay, so there you have it. I, I disagree with you. The, the interesting one, and the conversation would be stronger right now, that the stakes of the Super Bowl for the rest of the league are what you're going to copycat. And it's in, interesting to me that Matt Miller's reaction, and I think this will be the uh, the majority opinion, is you got to get one of those Q- QBs. But I would I would suggest that you're going to, as much as it takes, money and devotion of draft picks to sticking to the plan, to build the line of scrimmage and all of that, you're more likely to be able to do that than to get somebody who's going to be able to match throw for sure or throw with Patrick Mahomes. I think the Niners method is still the best shot you got, unless you have one of four or five quarterbacks, most of whom we just covered here. Fair or no? Yeah, but it's just hard to find a guy like Purdy, but I, that's, I'll tell you what, that's the most repeatable business model. If you can find the next Russell Wilson, the next Brock Purdy, the next non signature drafty even a well, guy. i'm calling it kenny pickett i mean for my team i have to believe that that's a possibility with kenny pickett mm-hmm. i don't know that he meets the minimum standard which is always taking care of the ball and making the right choice that's the thing that he undermined himself with his tape this past year it was in his rookie season like okay he's not all the way there but you can see he's making the the safe decision most of the time they where did you where there. did you come oh. down on the arthur smith hire I like it. I've uh, I, I've uh, talked myself into it, and a lot of other people have, have uh, helped talk me into it. I will say this: he's, a, he's a, a good th- fit for what exactly what I'm talking about. If you have I, if you have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, run your offense a different way. If you're going to embrace the reality that you're in, which is like I don't know how you're moving on from Kenny Pickett and upgrading, this is the way. And I think the way Arthur Smith approaches it, bully ball, run, 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 is the best shot they got. I like I believe in something called what I call the reverse Peter principle. The Peter principle is that everybody is promoted to a level where their incompetence, you know, kind of overwhelms their job. And the reverse Peter principle, which I look at, is when hire as many coordinators as you can who were failed head coaches. Wade Phillips, Norv Turner. We just saw Spagnolo get his fourth championship. I still think Josh McDaniels in the right situation could be a good coordinator. I would never, I wouldn't let him be the head coach of a Pop Warner team, but I might let him run an offense. I love giving coordinator jobs to guys who failed out as head coaches. I think it's a great move. I would agree with you, except for the evidence of the 2023 Carolina Panthers. Isn't that basically what they did was just hire a bunch of like everybody was sure like, oh, Bryce Young is going to be so perfectly managed. Everything he does, he's going to learn how to be a pro from from this all time coaching staff. Maybe it was a more head coaches that were the issue. You know, I'd still hire Josh McCown tomorrow. I think he was the quarterback coach. But the problem there in Carolina is that when the owner is that bad, it's it's you have to do everything else exactly right. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, fun to count the Lombardis with you upcoming and look at who deserved theirs. And I think when you look back and realize, man, that Lombardi should have gone to that guy and burnished that superstar's legacy mm-hmm. further. But instead, that guy took it from him and now he gets the shine. You can see as you try to project ahead the overlap, the one Lombardi a year conundrum 
mm-hmm. is real. This attribution of like, it makes you feel better as a fan. Okay, that nightmare is over with. The Chiefs won it again, but at least it's in the rear view. On the next season, how do we get over next season? It's very difficult. You can have great years. It's very difficult to get all the way to the top of the mountain. And as long as there are other great QBs going for it, before you even get to the mediocre guys in great situations like Brock Purdy, um, I, I I think this is a useful exercise that it's not the end of the world as much as it it hurts in the moment when your team loses. Like you're not alone. It is very hard to get to the peak. And if Burrow, I guess that's the spiciest take is that in the AFC superhero universe, you mm-hmm. still have Burrow breaking through and getting a couple. That's amazing. We didn't even we didn't even mention Tua. Oh, I would have zero, but that just shows you how loaded the AFC is. Yeah, that talk about the football gods frowning on you and just pulling the plug on your season. That's what happened to them. Just like we're going to give you just enough injuries that there's nothing you can do about. Did 100 percent of America have the Chiefs beating Miami in that game? I don't think anybody I, thought no. Miami. Sometimes the public people say every time the public's wrong, people crow about it. Damn the wisdom, of, the wisdom of crowds is is right an awful lot of the time. Too. I knew the Dolphins. I I knew the Dolphins were in a bad spot, but they were my team all season long to mm. survive the AFC. So I had to ride with them one more game, even though I could see the writing on the wall. They just fell apart in terms of injuries down the stretch. For sure. was that Titans game really screwed them. Um, do remember that, like when you watch the Bills play and the Chiefs play, you think they're not going to the Super Bowl. The teams that are good enough that they're going to be able to rally. And when they have to rip off five or six in a row to get into the playoffs, those teams are capable of doing it. But, um, but to your point that you started with way back at the, when we began this conversation is the regular season matters and you can, you can feel like, ah, that you can overcome. You can, but one loss can ding you real bad. That screwed the Dolphins. Losing that game, letting that one go to the Titans really screwed mm-hmm. them. And I wonder how different the air for real. I know this is a wild statement. If it hadn't been Miami going to KC, that KC team felt ready to be had by a team that ran went in there and just really ran, ran, ran at them. But now they're the Super Bowl champions. And I, I agree with you that it does feel valid. Anytime you knock off two number one seeds to get there, it's hard to quibble with uh, with that team getting the Lombardi. Anyway, Pianowski, you're the tops. Go play golf. Go watch basketball. Go watch hockey. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick with it. The Pens did not have a good road trip. They did two game roads. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset right now. This is not a great uh, start to the sports year for me. Um, but you made it a little sunnier for me and for the audience, Pianowski. Thanks for joining I appreciate us today. that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you 30 seconds of overtime. This is how I would fix overtime. I would go. Oh, we didn't, reg- I didn't even talk. I was regular season. We, we've yes. gone way over on time, so I we don't know. have a lot of time for this. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to, this is going to be a drive through. And I've already ordered ahead. My order is already ready. Okay. The regular season overtime rule is fine. What you do is the home team or the higher seed is the assumed winner of the overtime coin flip. So everybody knows what's happening if the game goes to overtime. So if you're behind, if you need to go for two, you you don't want to risk it in overtime. You know what's going to happen. It should be a perk for the home team. Let them get the ball. None of this coin flip business. If you score a touchdown on the first possession, you win. And if not, it's it's sudden death after that. I'm fine with that. I, I, this idea that we had to play a game where the players didn't know the rules and the fans, a lot of them didn't know the rules. And I, I bet a lot of them, what Harbin scored the touchdown, didn't know the game was over, right? It was signs, it was like 
Demarius Thomas against the Steelers in that Tebow game where he scores the touchdown. I didn't realize the game was over. The yes. overtime, the overtime rules are fine. And none of this, it, you know, just continue the game. Then you'll lose all the drama of a tie game with no time. Well, Romo was it. bad because he was flapping his gums when Nance might have been able to lay out the stakes. Like if they can put the ball in the end zone, that's ball game. He didn't get no, the chance to really wrong. state that point. I don't know that Nance, I think Nance knew it. I'd like to think he did. I'm not positive. Yeah, Romo said this is for the Super Bowl and it wasn't. Um, That, yeah, I thought that the what what occurred to me in that moment was like, Half the people watching right now don't know the rule. And in fact, they cut away to Taylor Swift's box celebrating. Was she at the and game? She, she did make it, as it turns okay. out. Good question. Um, I, 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 they cut away, to, and then they cut to the Niner sideline. And I thought, boy, you know what they all have in common? They don't know if the game's definitely over or not. That, but, uh, and, and then you find out, like, the Niners didn't absolutely – positively know that some of them probably did. I bet some of the Chiefs didn't know. Hardman didn't know that the game was over. That stinks. Here's the answer. And think about it in the context of how Super Bowl 58 ended. I've said regular season or uh, a playoffs, just play another quarter, play another 15 minutes to completion. And people say, oh, but the drama of sudden death. Most overtimes end with a kick. Is that super exciting? No, obviously not. And if Super Bowl 58's overtime goes the exact same way, what if the game, what if, what if it was the Chiefs better score here? They have 10 seconds left or the Niners are going to win this Super Bowl because they're up three, nothing. Then they would have had to kick the field goal. They wouldn't have even made that play. They wouldn't have maybe run that play. They would have kicked the field goal to force another overtime. Think about them beans. How about that? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I would be in favor of a full period for the Super Bowl and maybe the playoffs. I think there's a case for getting the game over with in the regular season, although they do play a 10 ah, minutes. It's 10 minutes. Come on. I can get behind it. I'll, it's better than a lot of the things I've heard. I'll, what would you have done, by the way? You, you're Kyle Shanahan. You just won the flip. You taking the ball? Or are you going to kick off? I think there it's been overstated that this was a terrible move by Shanahan because, of course, especially once you get up three nothing, and even if you're you're down uh, first and goal as they were, you know, in either scenario, there's a decent chance, yes, that Mahomes and company are going to go down the field and score. It's a matter of are they going to even you up? I think if you know if you're Shanahan and you know you're down seven nothing after the Chiefs get the ball in overtime, and you know. In that scenario, we'll definitely go for two. We're not going to try to keep rolling this thing over. Um, we're just going to try to win the game there. Then you want the ball second. Short of that, I think it's better if it's going to just keep going endlessly if you match scores, if you trade scores. Better to get the ball third because the game's over then. If if they stop the Chiefs and they kick the field goal and it's 3-3 three, it's three, three in the overtime, then the Niners get the ball if they score even a field goal, then it's the Super Bowl. So the third possession is a one-off. It's not like we go, then you go baseball, um, you know, top of the inning, bottom mm -hmm. of the inning. For all the so quote, I think unquote, it was all right to do it that way. I, I do too. For all the inevitability talk of Mahomes, they scored one touchdown in regulation, one. And that was after that's right. That was after the um the the muffed punt, the muffed kick, right? My my theme is going to be this offseason. Let everybody do exactly what is happening as we speak. You want to compete with Mahomes? You better go get one of them quarterbacks yourselves. 
Like, did you just watch the playoffs? All the teams that have those guys didn't beat him. They bet he just who did he just beat? He beat those guys. You got to mm. do it a completely different way. At least the Niners almost got him. The Niners had him beat. They took him to overtime. They blew it. And the football gods frowned on the Niners for some reason. But that's the winning approach in a league that includes Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. You're just like, what are the odds you're going to get the quarterback that contends with them one-on-one? You're probably not going to do it. Anyway, Pianowski, what a mensch. You're dynamite. I'm glad I turned to you for this conversation because everybody's talking about this play or that play. Instead, what does it mean over a quarter century or more? You were the perfect uh, guest here and you've done it again and let's give it sooner rather than later. Thank you so much. Thanks to to Eddie for keeping us on the air. And yeah, let's do it again soon. There he goes, everybody. Scott Pianowski, track him down on Yahoo. Get right for fantasy with him. He's getting right for uh, for the Masters, I bet you. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Good stuff there, Eddie Spaghetti. What did you think? That was great. I think my take, the next non-Mahomes quarterback that wins, I don't think is going to be part of that elite group. I don't think it's part of that Lamar Jackson, you know, Burrow, Josh Allen, um, even if you want to include mm-hmm. Herbert in there. I don't think it's that. I think it will be the wild card quarterback. It is going to be your, your maybe your Jared Goff or Jordan Love or um, I don't see any, maybe CJ Stroud, somebody maybe Oh, I didn't even throw a, I didn't even throw Jordan Love at him. Yeah, Jordan was Love dumb. was, Jordan Love, I, I think I, for some reason in my mind, I love this idea of like a Rogers Jets team being really good and the Packers being really good. And then like love getting one or maybe like a Jets Packers Super Bowl would be hilarious. But I do think like those are. Oh, would that be the best? Those are two of my strong candidates. I I really do think going forward and and Scott pointed this out too. like there's clearly a problem with Stefan Diggs. He was non-existent the second half of the season and that Buffalo Bills team was not as strong as they used to be. And I do think this Jets team is super young and almost like a 49ers team, how they're built with a great running back, uh, a great secondary, a great. I mean, the 
Quinn Williams in the middle, that the D line is going to be so good. They drafted pass rushers. Like I think that defense is good enough. And I think Rogers, you know, you keep saying like if they replace Purdy with Sam Darnold, I think Rogers still at age 40 um, is still, a, you know, a, a better than, than Brock Purdy. Um, even though Brock Purdy to me proved that he is super, uh, capable of winning a Super Bowl clearly, but I, I just like that Jets team. They add a couple of pieces and obviously they have Garrett Wilson. So I think there's enough there. I think they will be the team to be in the AFC East. And I do think that pa- the Packers team, the youngest roster um, in the NFL. And I, I know that people want to buy into this line story. They are lovable, but I, I, I would not be shocked if the Green Bay Packers are the best team, in the NFC North going forward. And I think Jordan Love just showed that this season, it was a bit of a roller coaster season, but they were very close to winning that game um, versus the, the 49ers. So I, I do like those two teams are like my wild card potential next Super Bowl hmm. champions um, outside of the, the, the usual suspects here. Cause uh, I, I think, as much as we want that the, the the high end quarterbacks haven't really seemed to win it outside of Mahomes, and I think you need to have a build, bigger, better roster foundation. I'm going that way, I, man. Right, that's what yeah. I right. I think that's the if the takeaway is that, um, hey, we're a grunge band. We better figure out how to sound exactly like Nirvana, but mm-hmm. you're not going to be as good as Nirvana. Like, man. Go be uh go be an emo band because this ain't gonna work out if you're trying to copy the OG, right? right. I mean, like you understand totally. the 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 comparison I'm making there, right? I like so- 100. I 100 agree. Yeah, I I think if you know, and again, like there was plenty of moments in that game where the Niners could have beat Patrick Mahomes, um, and it wasn't anything to do with Mahomes being better than Brock Purdy. It was in game stuff. So it was either coaching decisions. Right. It was a fumble. The the team is good enough. You have. A level players at a lot of positions, like you know, both teams do. Actually, the Niners probably more so than the Chiefs. Um, I, I think you're in a good position to win, and I think you know, uh, there's a couple teams around the NFL that they're they're kind of trending towards that. So uh, I'd be less concerned about you know mortgaging everything to get that quarterback. I think you'd be more concerned about making sure you're good in the trenches. You have young defensive players. You have a good secondary. You have good coaching, like you've been pointing out all year long. So uh, I'm definitely in that camp. And in a weird way, it makes it almost easier to contend going forward because you never know. But again. And I, like you always been saying, Mahomes is Thanos and he's the one guy we have to, to worry about. Well, but. Also, right. And and now as I'm thinking it through, if you go 12 months and a day, look at both of the last teams to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Like as you are a year removed from Jalen Hurts and what he did and the MVP buzz and all that stuff. Do you still feel that way about Jalen Hurts as the guy or or if you're picking the Eagles to be good next year, isn't it because that you believe in their line of scrimmage and the that that bully approach, not specifically about the QB or maybe I'm misreading that? Yeah, right? I, yeah. I, I mean, although I may have the the Cowboys winning the division next year, but I still think that it's it, it, it's more so to do. I, I think we got quarterback crazy lately and I've been a person partially because I'm a Giants fan. I have to deal with like, well, Daniel Jones is good enough to win a road playoff game. I'm okay. We're talking ourselves into this reality. Like you ain't getting, if you're the Giants or Steelers right now, it is very hard to create a path like, oh yeah, well then they should just get Drake May. Like that's not going to probably happen. So you have to do it the alternate path that any shot. And, you know, we brought and we you guys talk a little bit about Caleb Williams. It's happening right now. As we're talking, the Washington commanders are refusing to trade up like to move heaven and earth to go get the number one overall pick t- to take Caleb Williams. Number one, is that an indictment on Williams? I think so a little bit. But it also is like, well, what, what's the point? We haven't seen the number one picks be great. And it, it, as the Super Bowl just showed, Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. You can win without having that guy. You can take somebody else and be fine. So keep your other assets, use your second pick or whatever. And this is not just for them, but 
any other team in this position. Why move up for the guy when it's not always the easiest path to get there? So I, I think hopefully, you know, the NFL is an ever-changing league. It constantly evolves. And I think we're going to kind of see the, the next iteration of that where teams are now going to be more focused on building a better roster than worrying about having Mahomes 2.0. Well, you know, that's obviously what I've been saying for the last couple of years, that that's the 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 path I would take. And obviously I'm a Steelers fan and my worldview happens to align with the way Khan is trying to do it. You know, it's it, it, it I, I get that Steelers fans are like, dude, they got get the, they But what are they doing with this run, run, run? Now this Arthur Smith's going to come in here and want to run the ball even more. That ain't the winning path. Like it's a better path than than dreaming that. You're going to get that one of the, I don't know that explain to me how they land one of those quarterbacks in a, in a, in the real world. I don't mean like they, they should give up a first round pick and go and get uh, Justin Herbert. Like that wouldn't do it. Steelers mm-hmm. fans think about how you would have, what you would have to give up to get it and, and, and what the ask would be. It would be a massive haul. Um, I think the Kirk cousins thing is interesting because what I said a week or two ago that if Purdy stunk, I think that would be the perfect fit. And here's a hot take for you. I will not be surprised if we hear that the Niners do that because they are going to have to shake up what they've done. They have some contracts that they're going to have to deal with. And so they're not positioned to go after a big name QB like Kirk Cousins. I still think it's a possibility. If you want to make something happen in the NFL in with, with cash in ter- versus a straight up cap hit, you can make those things happen. I wouldn't be stunned if the Niners look to upgrade. We've seen them do it before. Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan have a long history together, and it wouldn't be a knock on Purdy necessarily if they went and got Kirk. I, I cannot disagree happen. more. I think it's a bad, I think it's a downgrade. I think it's a full-blown really? downgrade. I mean, Pur- Purdy was number one in, in like 10 categories passing wise this year. And he's proven. And the one knock on Cousins is he doesn't win primetime games, doesn't win meaningful yeah. games. And and Purdy clearly does. Purdy is two for two in its title games, reaches Super Bowl his second year. I, I And plus, way younger, way cheaper, and a lot more mobile. So I, I, okay, I don't, I'm, I, I don't you're agree. Right. You're right. You're probably right. Yeah, they're, they're not going to move on from Purdy. I my, my point was just trying to, because I got a fair amount of pushback about how crazy that was, but I, just don't think that that is insane if he felt like the that well oh, wow he can't make it on the big stage i thought he played just fine anyway a good conversation there let us know what you thought about that uh we'll be back in a couple few days with kevin hench to break it down a little bit further for you and try and make sense of what we saw in super bowl 58 in the entire 2023 nfl season and project it all ahead and try and make sense of it for you until then for eddie spaghetti and everybody at the extra points network thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven <laughs>